If you are just getting started with the NGSS and 3D teaching, I want to invite you to check out Bring Wonder Back, an on-demand video series designed to help you understand why moving through the textbook and teaching topics is actually crushing your students' curiosity and what you can do instead. It's going to help you shift the work of learning where it belongs by building your understanding of explorations and discovery-based teaching practices. And finally, I'm going to help you take the first steps toward transforming your students into scientists through 3D learning, which is really what the NGS is all about. You can access this video series at iExploreScience/wonder and get ready to bring wonder engagement and a love for learning back to your science class. All right, to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. My name is Nicole Van Tassel. And I'm Erin Sadler. And we are two science teachers dedicated to helping you cut through the confusion and meet the intent of the NGSS so you can master all three dimensions. The NGSS can seem totally overwhelming, but implementing these standards doesn't need to be. Hey guys, welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. I'm super excited to be with you here today because I know one of the things that I've heard a lot is, well, with the situation this year, with hybrid, with virtual, with, you know, whatever, it's really hard to engage my students. It's just not possible. It's just not going to happen. And just a lot of, you know, people feeling defeated. So today I am talking to one of my friends and teachers that I've worked with, Debbie, and she is going to share a little bit about like her classroom and how she has been able to maintain that connection with students and engage them and, and kind of have a positive year, even within the challenges that um, 2020 through, you know, into 2021 have, have brought us. So Debbie, can you introduce yourself? Yes. Thank you, Nicole, for this opportunity. I'm, I'm happy to talk with you. Uh, my name is Debbie Jarosich. I live in Columbus, Ohio. I teach at a mastery STEM school. Um, Metro Early College um, Middle School, and it's actually on Ohio State campus. And we have been, um, I'm a sixth grade science teacher, so the first semester I teach energy and the environment, and the second semester I'll teach life as we know it, more life sciences. Okay. Um, and we have been a little bit of everything. We've been mostly virtual. In November, we went back hybrid for three weeks, and then we have been virtual since and then in March we will start back to hybrid so we've been doing a lot of back and forth back and forth and our hybrid is the kids are in cohorts they come two days a week and then they're home the rest of the week so cohort A is Monday Tuesday and cohort B is Thursday Friday and everybody is virtual on Wednesdays during virtual the kids are here on virtual every day from 8 to 30. Okay. Okay. So yeah, you have had a lot of changes in your school schedule. And I think that's probably, it's, you know, pretty, um, most teachers have had, you know, the same type of experience with back and forth and different schedules and all of that. So you've definitely had a lot to adjust to though. Um, yeah. So even given all of that, like, can you, you've shared some really good, you know, stories privately with me about things your students have said and ways that you've shown, or they have shown like their excitement and engagement to you to you. And I was wondering if you could share some of those stories um, with our listeners. Sure. One of the things that really hit me when I have been um, learning through Nicole and her, her classes 
is the I wonder and I notice. Instead of asking students, you know, what are your questions or um, what do you think? It seems to they freeze up on that. So we've been working really, really hard on what do you wonder, what do you notice? And through that, I've seen a big transformation. We've also talked the, with the, uh, the phenomenon and you know, here we did climate change. So mm -hmm. we started with the phenomenon and the questions that they had were just amazing. And then through that, we just kept, what do you notice? What do you notice? What do you wonder? And they balked at it at the beginning. They're mm -hmm. like, no, 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 no. Please, <laughs> please just give us, just give us something to read and answer questions or yes. just tell us the answers. And I'm like, no, 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 you had to be persistent. And eventually they got to the point where they're like, oh, hey, guess what I wondered? Oh, guess what I noticed today when I was at home? You know what? This morning, there's this stuff on the roof. I really think it's condensation or, but they start asking questions. Yeah. So one of the, one of the students that really kind of blew my mind away with this whole process, we're talking about the greenhouse effect. So she emailed me and she goes, I like space. And I've been wondering about Venus. And I really wonder why it's so hot. I know it's close to the sun. That's probably why it's hot. But I wonder about its atmosphere. So she did some digging and did some research. And she's like, you know what? I found out that it does have an atmosphere. And it does have a greenhouse effect. And that's why it's so hot. And I want, you know, so then it just became this whole great conversation that from what we've been doing in class, the wondering and the noticing, then she took it to the next level, to that higher level thinking and applied it to something different. You know, as a teacher, that's a win, right? That's one win. Oh my gosh, yes. I remember when you sent me that email. It was a Friday night and I remember it because it was a Friday night and she, it was like timestamped, you know, like she had emailed you on the Friday night and then you, you know, had emailed me and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so like amazing that your student is thinking about science on a Friday night and just doing that research on their own because they're curious, you know, because they found it really fascinating and then they wanted to share it with you and they felt that connection with you. Yes. And so that, for me, that was exciting. And so as you know, I think too, when you're virtual, you really, it's hard because they won't turn on the cameras, you know, they don't like to talk. So it's, it's constantly, um, we have brain breaks. I do brain breaks like um, two or three times a period, just because we're sitting in front of the screen. And through those brain breaks, I try to, you know, connect with them. We might play a scavenger hunt, go find me something that you think is, you know, um, a medal or whatever. And, and they come back, then they'll turn their cameras on to show me. And then through those like little breaks, we, we, we begin to oh, make some connections and we try to have a chat open. Mm -hmm. And through those chats, you can throw out questions that you can start to get to know who those kids are. And then they start becoming more comfortable with you. And then they start emailing you these questions. Oh, you know what? I'm really concerned about global warming. So I made this slide presentation so that I can share with my family because, you know, we listened to Dr. Hayhoe and she's a climate scientist. And she said, the best thing we can do is, you know, tell everybody. Oh my gosh. So, you know, now, now they're like, okay, so I made this slide presentation. I'm going to share it with my family. And, you know, those are cool stories too. And, and kids coming back and I even had a parent email me and said, you know, this whole climate change, I thought it was just, it was just blarney. But after, you know, my, my son came and he was so excited and talked to me about it. We cha we've changed our mind based on his excitement, his data, and how oh he gosh. explained it. So those are cool things too. Oh my goodness. What like an impact. That's so exciting. 
Um, okay, so can you tell me, like, you gave one example. Do you have any other examples of some of those brain breaks that, because, like, when I thought brain breaks initially, I remember learning about these, like, physical movements that you're supposed to do and that's supposed to be like a brain break but it sounds like yours are more and maybe they're both but yours are more kind of focused on that building that relationship as well as giving them a screen break and, and a time to rest their brain for a minute but like what are some other examples of some of those brain breaks maybe that you've done so the brain break does include movement so like with the scavenger hunt they have to go you know run around their house and find things okay and we try I try to relate it to you know something we're talking about or it's just something, you know, okay, what's something warm and fuzzy or it's smelling yeah. <laughs> out, what makes you, whatever. And other things we've done is, you know, any, we'll do stretches or okay. we'll do um, anything that crosses the hemispheres of your brain. Yes. Um, that is what I'd, I'd heard. Yeah. We, and we do, we do those as well. Um, but we'll, or we'll play um, rock, paper, scissors. They love to play oh, rock, paper, so scissors. Fun. So just anything that's kind of getting them up and moving and, but they like the game. They're very competitive. Mm-hmm. These, these my sixth graders are. They're very competitive. So if you can make a game out of it, oh man, they are they're really engaged. That's awesome. So oh, we try awesome. to have a game, and, and the scavenger hunts they like they like a lot. Yeah. Okay. So along these lines with these brain breaks, um, recently I had a teacher. We were talking about this like relationship building, and their kind of issue with it was, well, I only have. I have even less time right now because of the virtual and hybrid schedules and all of that. So how can I, how can I justify spending, you know, even two or three minutes or one minute, you know, taking a break like this, or if you're doing it several times a class. So like, what would you say to them? I mean, I had my answer, but sometimes it helps to hear things. You know, what would be your response? I would say to them, you know, I, as an adult, do want do not want to sit in front of the computer for you know an hour hour and a half however long those periods are mm-hmm. so why are we expecting our students to do that mm-hmm. and I do find that you know we do this every twenty you know every thirty minutes it does bring them back they need that break mm-hmm. um, and the relationship building if you don't have that relationship with your students it doesn't matter what you do in the classroom in my mm-hmm. opinion the content's just not going to come yes you're going to have the kids who will pick it up. But some of those kids are like, I don't care. I, you don't know who I am. I don't know who you are. Yes. I'm not gonna, why would I perform in this class? Even yep. though you want them to have that, that self-advocacy, that, that self-desire to be a learner. But mm-hmm. until they can have that connection with you, I think it's a moot point. Yeah. You are, I mean, you're so right. There's so much brain science. Like I did the, that program last summer um, and now I'm putting it into a new workshop, Foundations of Authentic Engagement. But um, that's, and actually you're going to get that very soon because you're part of the um, Be Curious Community cohorts. But um, yeah, the, it's all like, there's a whole brain science ex- behind exactly what you're saying. So I'm so glad that you, you brought that up too. So you know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Um, do you have any, so any other things that you think have been really helpful in engaging your students or even building those relationships? Um, so whether it's, you know, engaging them and getting them interested or active or, or even just building the relationships, any specific strategies, because I know you did, you, you know, you've been virtual, you started virtual, even with hybrid, you you might be seeing them, but then you're not seeing them as much. So what has helped you kind of jumpstart some of those relationships and building that culture in your classroom? Well, from the very beginning, we, you know, we, we did some get to know you. They had to make a slide about themselves and, and they shared it. Um, we've, we've had our classroom culture. We, we, we start off the first few weeks, our first few days of class, like, okay, 
what do you want this class to look like? What do you think the rules should be? And I, I want their ownership. I want them to have ownership in that. You know, I have my expectations, but I want them to come up with their expectations. Yeah. So they have their uh, their expectations, and we have a classroom affirmation. Um, we talk about failure a lot. We talk about, you know, this age they want to be perfect, and we talk about, you know, that's how you learn is through mistakes and whatever. So we try from the very beginning to front load it so that the students are 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 being geared towards success, like they're being a part of the input of this class. They're also being a part of, you know, determining what we need to do. And the affirmations, they really like that. You know, I am a scientist. I am worthy. I am smart. I can do this. Oh, they I don't, love that. They don't look at themselves like, oh, I'm not a scientist. I'm just a kid. I'm like, oh, no, you are, you are a scientist. You were born a scientist. You were born exploring. Yes. And I think it's, it helps break down that barrier that, ooh, science is hard. Yeah. And do so, you know? Do you incorporate those affirmations like date, like daily, daily or weekly or like anything like that or? The beginning of every class. Beginning of, okay. Wow. That's awesome. I love that. And we do breathing. We do some mindfulness where we, um, we take some time to breathe. We do wish wells, you know, what's on your mind, you know, especially during this, this time where it's kind of, um, you know, it's just a bad time. You know, yeah. who do you like to wish well? What's on your heart that you want to wish well? And then, you know, they, they will tell me in the chat or they'll raise their hand. And then we, we, we take a deep breath and we wish everyone well. And so we do that every peer, every class period. And I think that and then breathing, kind of getting them centered, helps them to start the day. Yes. Oh my gosh, I want to be in your class. This oh, sounds like so wonderful. I have like chills. I didn't, like I knew some of what you were doing, but I didn't know the full scope and I love it. And I want my kids to be in your class. Can you just be their K through 12 teacher? Um, <laughs> no, I love, I love all of that. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. What what else were you going to share? Um, so, I mean, I think starting off with that was real intentional. And I think, you know, a couple of the, the sixth grade team people, we we kind of brainstormed all this stuff. And we're like, we need to be consistent and have those expectations and, and making them feel like, yes, it's okay. To, and being a master's school, it makes it a little harder because they're like, we have to be perfect. Well, no, you don't. That's yeah. the beauty of being a master's school. If you don't get it right this time, you do it again. And it's breaking down those barriers of I have to be perfect, whatever. And, it, and it, yeah. for some of them, it's been really tough. Um, but sure. we're, you know, we're getting there and just showing them that this is a process. This is, learning is something that should be lifelong. And my my goal is if I can get you to come out of this class and you're looking at the world around you and you're looking at the relevancy of what's happening around you and you're wondering about things, check, we're done. Yeah. Because then they get, they get, you know, they can Google stuff. The facts are going to come. They can, they know how to Google stuff. They probably know how to Google stuff and, and, and find research stuff better than we can. Yeah. <laughs> but it's taking that information and taking it to the next level and applying it to what's around them, you know, what's relevant in their world, what's connecting with them. So my storylines, I tried to make it to things that they, ooh, can really um, relate to. We, you know, our first storyline was about, you know, why is the Arctic sea ice melting? Mm-hmm. Well, that, you know, that became, you know, instead of me telling them the answer, they were able to look at data and figure out, you know, we looked at data, we looked at videos, we looked at pictures, we did you know, a lot of investigation and exploring, and then they could tell me, well, what do you think climate, what is climate change? Do you think it's real? Do you think it's not? And from the data, they could formulate their own opinion. It wasn't me saying, oh yeah, this is what it is. Yeah. They could then verbalize that. And in my school, we were very lucky. Um, in Columbus, we have something called the, um, it's a COSI, it's like the science and industry 
and they had a, um, a speaker, Dr. Hayhoe, and she is one of the leading climate scientists in the, the nation. She came through them and gave it us, you know, a talk. And so our whole school got to watch that. Oh, that's awesome. So, so it you tied in. Yeah, right. Um, and you mentioned that, so your team was, was on board with, um, and obviously they're not science, other science teachers, but other teachers that were on board with creating that environment and that culture of, you know, focusing on the students and all of that. Is that kind of true or? Yes. Yes. That's awesome. And, and we kind of like brainstormed, you know, like what are some, you know, setbacks that we saw last year, especially when we had the COVID and whatnot. Sorry, that's my cat. Um, <laughs> and one of the things we said was this, was the failure piece. They have to be perfect. They have to. And mm -hmm. so we're trying to break down some of those barriers from the get-go so that it helps them to be more successful. And I think we're getting, we're definitely making progress. Um, they're, they're more apt to be like, okay, yep, I didn't quite get it this time, but you know what, let's try it again the next time and whatever. So they're, they're being more open and being not so defeatist about things mm -hmm. like, okay, I didn't get so I'm done for the rest of the week or whatever. So I think they're, they're starting to rebound, but I do think they're using um, their knowledge and they are wondering about the world around them. You know, they'll, they're always starting, we have, we have, I call it NCIS, we need to check up in science. Mm -hmm. And that's how I start my class. So while I'm taking attendance, they have, you know, uh, I might have an image for them to look at and, and give me some observations or, or something to ponder while I'm taking attendance. Mm -hmm. And usually in the chat, they'll always be, oh, Mrs. J, I wondered about this. Or, you know, I noticed this today. So that's as, you know, things or talking about something, this reminds them of something else. And so they're becoming more inquisitive. Um, they're becoming more inquired learners. You know, they're more engaged learners. Um, they wonder about the world around them, you know, and that's what we want. We want to be effective communicators. We want them to collaborate and, and be critical thinkers. So that's, that's kind of the goal of the whole yes. shoot and match. So true. That's awesome. And you, like, they are taking you know, one of the things with teaching right now, it's like we have this limited amount of time and all of that, but like they're taking their learning beyond your class hours, very obviously, as they investigate these things and they make slideshows for their parents and they um, make observations and ask questions and all of that. That's happening outside the classroom too. So that's so awesome. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Um, is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up and you can go back to enjoying your, we are um, recording this on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So uh, is there anything else? that you want to share before you yeah, I, I I try to make it so that it's not like it's like like science is like a punishment does that make sense so mm -hmm. I might just say hey it snowed today um so over the weekend I want you to go out and um I want you guys to look at the snowflakes and tell me what you think um Monday or go out and make a snow angel or build a snowman and just through that you would not believe the amount of discussions we can have like the next day or over the weekend so I just try to throw something out that's getting them outside. It's getting them yeah. to look at things. And it really, some of the kids have never done that before. Some of the kids are like, what do you mean go out and play in the snow? I'm not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but then they do. And then they come back. Oh, did you know this? Did you know this? And then they come back and they're like, they, some of them have, don't have those experiences. So yeah. that leads to, oh, you know what? I noticed that I saw two snowflakes and they didn't look the same. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so then you have, you know, again, they're become they're becoming curious about the world around them. And as, as a science, as a teacher, period, that's what you want in the world. And as a science teacher, that's even more exciting because then they're, they do look, I think they have a different lens that they look through life and, and what they're doing, even in other classes mm-hmm. as well. So um, I don't try to make it, oh, we're going to do a lot of homework. I try to downplay it that it's an extension of what we're doing and the fun we're having in class. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That is so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your amazing experience and everything, all of these awesome things that are happening in your classroom. Um, I really appreciate you spending your time sharing this with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. Awesome. Well, uh, we will, well, everybody on Teaching Science in 3D, thanks so much for tuning in and I will catch you next week. Um, Have a great one. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to sadlerscience.com slash 3dplanner to grab yours. That's sadlerscience.com slash 3dplanner.